up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the neon belly podcast we are your hosts nate john brandon and boys this week we are going to recap last night's ufc 275 give us more what a banger that was a good one i'm still uh still pretty hyped off that got a lot to talk about there then we will spin it forward for this saturday's ufc fight night which is headlined by Calvin Cater versus mm. Josh Emmett. And as always, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA, excuse me. But first, boys, how we doing? What is up? Episode 82 yeah, of the Neon Belly Podcast. They're moving. It's pretty high up there. It is getting up there. What are we going to do for 100? I don't know yet. We've been talking about maybe having you wrestle somebody live. <laughs> Me wrestle somebody. Yeah, you're the wrestler. I feel like you and Nate should do like a grand WWE style like scripted thing, like that gender reveal you guys put on the map. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer like, like I having. Could, I could be the ref, like special awesome. guest ref. That would be awesome. I prefer giving Chase his chance at going full 100% on you in a role. That's just, uh, that just wouldn't be, that wouldn't be He might be ready. You never know. He's definitely not. Might have been doing some Danny here. I roll with him like three times a week in the morning. He's not ready. He's sandbagging, dude. Okay. John, you said you were going to ask Brandon a question right off the bat this week. So why don't you go ahead and do it? Oh, man. Uh, oh, if a uh, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you have to fight an animal. Yeah. And you can either make it your size or you go to its size. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you fought a, a hippopotamus, you would become that size. Or if you fought an elephant, you can have it come down to your size. Mm-hmm. Or I can go to its size. Or you can go sure. to its size. So, yeah. what animal are you picking? Do you think you could beat up? I, that's a, a penguin, for sure. Like, a me-sized penguin. I don't know, dude. They got those beaks. Yeah. Pretty sure I could really mess up a penguin. Probably a sloth. They're pretty like, fast. They got claws, though. Yeah, but they're slow. So, you could you'd get around waddle. before. Yeah. Center of gravity is terrible. I feel like, like, yeah, like most animals, the, the the question, the answer here is like, obviously, it's not going to be any like mammal per se. First off, because most mammals, like even a even like a basic house cat. Wait, what do you think I'd say? Like a wolf? Like no, like I want to pick the like least threatening <laughs> yeah. animal I can think of. It's like sloth, earthworm. <laughs> I mean, maybe a penguin, but I don't even know if I'd want to mess with a penguin. Man. I can mess up a penguin. They They're don't move. Your size though, they are kind of yeah. quick, dude. Look, but they don't. Their legs like don't get. Put apart very easy. True. Like it's like it's like knocking over a bowling but, pin in my but mind. But how are you beating it up? Are you punching it in the head? Like you're not going to submit. I'm it. just going to pin it. Yeah, like pin it down run, and then do whatever I want quick. to it. Sure, sure. One of them wings hit you, dude. You just nah, don't know. No, no. It's fair enough. They're pretty savage. I'm, I'm okay with a penguin. That. Yeah, I'm okay with a penguin. Not but, many other animals would I take as like valid for that answer. But I think a penguin's okay. Can you imagine fighting a u sized raccoon? No, that's that man. Absolutely not. That would be so scary. Yeah, that would be stupid. Uh, boys, what what else is going on? Anything else? Let's get let's get something going. Oh, Sorry. well, as far as uh, like, I'm just kind of chronicling the jiu-jitsu tournament that's like coming up, right? Yeah. So we're two weeks out. Yeah. And uh, 
the anxiety's getting there, guys. Getting like, worse? Getting, getting, it's getting a little heat. I was mowing this morning, and it was literally all I could think about was, like, the tournament. <laughs> You're just going through scenarios like, in and your I'm, head. And then while I'm thinking about it, I'm like, why am I thinking about this? Like, it's <laughs> I'm literally, like, a mental health professional, right? So this yeah. is something mm-hmm. I deal with every, all the time. Sure, sure. And then, but it's when it's me, it's like, oh, man, this is, like, my thing. Like, this is it. Like, this is the one thing that yeah. I just, like, struggle with. It just goes to show nobody's above. Yeah. yeah true. That type not. of stuff. Yeah, that is true. I got to go to a card show and meet mark coleman yeah yeah a good one talk so, about that mark um, the hammer coleman yeah we're talking about the first ufc heavy first ever um he had the first belt which was amazing i got to take a picture with him yeah had him sign a boxing glove um and it's kind of i was telling uh damien it's kind of crazy it's like we're like similar height yeah so just to think of where the heavyweight division has gone since then yeah but do you remember fanny pack took a picture with curtis blades and he was like yeah. taller than him yeah, mm. I don't know. It's just it was just kind of different. Could have I mean, been some uneven ground going on underneath yeah. of them, but they were like very similar height. Maybe Fanny was wearing like platform Crocs. Could have been. I don't know, <laughs> but it was really cool meeting him. Um, we followed him on Instagram, so yeah. hopefully we can work out something. And yeah, you did talk to, to him talk about to him. potentially doing a mat talk. Yeah, so that would be really fun. And he so. didn't say no. No, didn't say. No. <laughs> he just said hit no. him up. So, so you're saying there's a chance, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I mean, to anybody who doesn't know about Mark Coleman, it's definitely a legend. Oh yeah, uh, go back and watch his fights. He has some super classics. Yeah, no, I agree 100. percent John, you're a little off today, man. Yeah, something feels off. I don't like your energy. I noticed that. Right, you you right. notice it too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that just for the episode because right. I gave Brandon that one time. Something's not. I'm not right. feeling good about this. I mean, we know what it is. What? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Starting to get hot out, boy. <laughs> oh, come on. You wanted to know. We I wasn't going to say we it. We can't do this. I wasn't dude. even going to say it. We cannot do you this. You probed. John. We cannot uh, do this. You know how you counter that? Just get out. Get used to it. Yeah. No. Tolerance. Build it up. You know no. what's funny? Did, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm sorry if I've told this story on the other podcast real quick, but we went to Miami for my 24th, 5th, 6th birthday, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. <laughs> Because first off, John was miserable. Miami yeah. in July is hot. I will say, yeah. as somebody, yes, as somebody that doesn't mind the hot, Miami in July, good luck, mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, we we did a day in Key West, and John wore a white shirt, and that shirt became see through yeah. very fast. Well, that was the only option. If you wear anything, if I wore anything yeah. outside of white, I would have probably died for sure. Yeah, no, I I would give you that. Like you could see like back hair, chest hair. Like yeah. he he sweat through it. It was right. bad. So I, I know I know the heat can be rough on him. But I'll never forget we get there, right? Exhausted, tired, long day of travel. Yep. The, the traffic mm-hmm. was terrible. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find a place to park in downtown Miami. We parked like, what, four or five blocks away from our Airbnb. Yeah. Did you guys drive there? Uh, well, we drove from the airport. We okay. flew to, to Miami. Fort got Lauderdale? A, for Fort Lauderdale, yeah. yeah. And the traffic from Fort Lauderdale to Miami Do was... you remember that Uber driver that took us to the rental car place? Yeah. He yeah. was... It was... He was crazy. It's crazy. Do not drive... If you can avoid... If you ever go to Miami, my one thing I will tell you, don't go in July because it's hot. Not <laughs> a lot of people, though, but it's hot. But number two is do not rent a car. Do not drive. Avoid it at all costs. Mm, yeah. Parking, good luck. It's terrible. So we finally find this place to park, and it's like this 70-year-old woman that, like, owns a property, and she's just, like, lets, like, pays, people can pay to, like, park in her parking lot or whatever. <laughs> so, so we're getting out of the car, and we get all of our stuff, and we're so tired, and we're, like, walking. Dude, we're literally, like, halfway down the block away, and John's obviously wearing shorts, and you just hear yelling from clear back from where she's at to John, oh, honey, 
Put some sunscreen on those calves. You're going to burn. <laughs> yeah. John's legs were white. Yeah. You got to put like an H before the W. Like, she's they like screaming white. down the road for John to put sunscreen on yeah. his calves. And funny enough, <laughs> I'll never forget. While that. we were there, I didn't get sunburnt nearly as bad as the Cubs game. Oh, yeah. That was rough, too. Mm. Sitting out in center field in july yeah and like 11 yeah yeah sitting out in center field at wrigley was mm. rough mm. that was tough yeah that was another that was a beater for sure that was a hot one uh but yeah john i i, I don't i don't like that man we got to fix yeah, that it's, it's gonna happen every year dude i know and i work in like the hottest place in the yeah in it's, the gonna, city, it's just so. gonna happen man i don't know man you might have me beat i thought i was pretty sensitive to the sun but yeah. you actually had me pretty beat i think yeah that's pretty impressive maybe well, I'm going to give you like a couple minutes here to reset because I feel like you need a good reset. I don't, I don't right, like the energy. Right, right, it's right, not right. good. I'm not feeling it. You need to reset real quick. So I'm going to take this part. Go. We need some rates. We need some subs. And we need some follows, as always. Um, and we got a new one, boys. Yeah. A new Apple five-star review. <laughs> and we know this guy because he utilized uh, his name, which is the same as his Instagram, and it's from Eth- S. Roth Casino. Um, and he says a plus 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 not only the best MMA podcast, but one of the best podcasts out there, period, natural, knowledgeable conversation mixed with humor and fun. Cannot recommend this enough. And this is from none other than our boy, Sam Rothstein. Mm -hmm. Shout out to him who runs a really, really cool YouTube channel. Um, if you're someone who's into sports card, maybe looking to get into the hobby, um, go check out his YouTube, um, it's uh, it's just his name, Sam Sam Rothstein, and Rothstein spelled R O T H S T I N. Um, he's been super supportive of the podcast, not just in his videos. The couple times that we've um, been in them or interacted with him, you know, done deals or whatever, mm-hmm. um, he's always shouted out the podcast. Um, but with his words, I mean, he's always been super kind, um, complimentary of this podcast. Cannot thank him enough for that. Um, and like I said, go check out his. Uh, his channel go give his last video a thumbs up for us if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're into it like i said give him a subscribe um because when people are supporting us man and, and and doing that type of stuff it just means the world um it really does and if you want to be like sam please one of the cool kids one of the cool kids one of the good guys right go to apple Podcasts. go to uh, spotify whatever you're listening on rate us give us five stars um apple podcast you can actually write a review and if that's something that you don't know how like you want to do it but you're like hey i just don't know how to do it i can't find it hit us up on our instagram at neon belly podcast we'd love to walk you through the process because we need the reviews yeah, brandon will walk you through in spanish if you need yeah, it. yeah different si. different languages whatever <laughs> we'll get you there we'll help you but we need a man it it means so much um we're just fans like everybody else um but to be able to do this you know we need people supporting us and like we're not making money. So the best thing that you could do for us to let us know that you appreciate, if you do, is just hit us up. Give us those follows. Uh, TikTok as well, at Neon Belly Podcast. Um, yeah, that's pretty much Instagram. What, I said Instagram. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Instagram. Um, so always, we're always down to interact. Like I said, we're fans too, just like everybody else. So if you've got thoughts or opinions on a fight card, uh, talking points, if you want Brandon to do a rant about a facts, don't care, hit us up man. Mm-hmm. we are open. We've done it before. People hit us up about stuff and we've put it into a segment on our episode. Right. And so, you know, we know that. You know, in certain cities, you might not have a lot of friends who are into MMA the right. same level you are. That's kind of how we why we made this podcast because yep. we had a group chat and it turned into what you guys are listening to now. So if you guys want to be a part of this, get connected, man. We're we're everywhere. 
100%. And boys, do we got some fun stuff to talk about from this past Saturday. Ooh. UFC 275 and kicking it off. Boy, this, this air horn is going to get some work today because Jiri <laughs> Prohashka defeats Glover Teixeira via submission. Rear naked choke with no hooks in Astros. Ninja style. Bad in that ninja Shudo. style. Shudo style, dude. 28 seconds left in the fight. Um, I don't even know what that fight was still today. Judges' <laughs> scorecards had Glover I, I, up. I, I mean, the scorecards were just... But here's the thing. You look at the scorecards, right? None of the judges were even remotely close in how they were scoring that no. fight. <laughs> but, because like one... I think Jerry had a 10-8 in there yeah, on one judges. the third, I think. But as they should, I mean, we kept saying, what is, like, how do you score these rounds? Like, what yeah. is going on? Mm -hmm. I mean, I told you guys, this could be, you could tell me this was like a scripted WWE fight, and I would have been all for it. Like, you know, like, where it's like, you know, like the, the fake pins where you're like, this is it. And then mm -hmm. one guy, like, kicks, ah, out. kicks yeah, out the last yeah. second. It's like Vince McMahon could not have scripted that any better. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you have to believe, I'd have to go back and look at the scorecards. Brandon, you said we should have screenshotted them, and I, I was going to, and I did not. But I have to believe that had that fight have finished 28 more seconds, Glover probably would have retained there. I don't know, though. I mean, there was a really a case either way. Um, but what a performance by both guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not as crazy and as wild and back and forth as that fight was. Just, just so entertaining. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know where to start with this fight. Let's just open it there, I guess, because I'm still just like, what what just happened? I mean, shout out to Yuri, right? He won the title. Right. Um, but, man, just one of the funnest uh, light heavyweight uh, fights, title fights that I can remember in a well, really long this. time. And and I've it's just off of just watching it last night, so there's a little bit of recency bias. Sure. I feel like that's a top five title fight oh, ever. Man, it was so You got fun. everything. There's nothing you could have asked for more from it. You it had grappling, everything. striking, knocking each other down, almost submitting each other. It's crazy. Like, moments where you're like, what did you do? Like, this guy's really messing up, and then the other guy does the same thing. Like, Yeah, I mean, there were so many times where, like, one guy would have the other one rocked. I mean, what was it like in the fourth round we were saying? like It was the fifth where Yuri looked like he was just almost asleep. Yeah, he was, he was like out on his feet. Glover like tried to go for a guillotine. Just like went over the top and sat back and it's like, what are you doing? Like, why? Isn't, just, yeah. Is that how it ended? So he went for the guillotine, ended no, up in his guard? I feel guard. like that was in the fourth round. I don't know why I feel like, I don't think that was in the <sighs> fifth. That could have been the fifth, but I think they, they transitioned over Who even before. Knows? There yeah. were so many different scrambles and transitions in that fight. And like, how many times, right? Because we always, everybody thought going into this, if Glover gets Yuri down, it's over. And how many times, I think almost every round, Glover had Yuri in full mount, was just raining bombs, and you're like, this is probably going to be it. Mm -hmm. And Yuri just exploded out of it in like one big crazy freaky movement. Yeah. And it was almost like he was like, could have done it the whole time. Like, weirdly, it's like he was just okay with being hit by Glover. Right. Right yeah, because he'd be like smiling and nodding his head. You know what's like funny? Mark Goddard actually tweeted today, uh, who was the referee in that fight, and said he actually talked to Yuri about that. Because he was like, because somebody had asked him about like being in the cage with him, and he was like, you know, he's really always he's always like complimenting his opponent and like being like tapping them and congratulating him when they do something and he's like i told him after like hey you need to be careful with that moving Especially forward the, yeah because he kept like patting him on the back like, that, yeah, yeah like, like uh, uh glover would like take him down and he'd like smile and like pat his back but yeah it could be perceived as a tap mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. i mean like we've seen guys get taken down and they break their ribs right and instantly they tap so but man i just it's like I said, it's just one of those fights. It's like, I don't even know what to say because every round was like a story. Right. <laughs> like, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't even look at the fight as a whole. It's like you really have to break down each and every round. 
the back and forth, both guys having big moments in every round. Mm-hmm. I mean, just when you thought, you know, Yuri had Glover rock, then Glover would come back. I mean, I don't even know, man. I'm I just sure don't I even said, know. What. I'm pretty sure I said that's it. He's done about both of them like yeah. four times. Yeah. Because it was always like, okay, two more punches, and then the guy gets a takedown, or oh, that submission looks tight, and then yeah. Yuri backflips out of a arm, a head and arm triangle. Yeah, like, literally back rolled out of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I just can't. Like you said, I I don't really have great words for it other than like I said, probably one of the best fights as far as like I said, I think I said last night it looked like two people playing the game, but they don't know how to finish it. <laughs> yeah. They're just knocking each other out. How to do submissions? And yeah. by the time somebody tells them, they're already taken down and. Man, I, uh, you kind of feel a little bit bad for Glover because you don't know how much more he has. I think he's got a lot, man. Was, yeah. I mean, that weight cut was bad. Yeah. Those body shots did him in pretty early. Yeah. Um, he still survived yeah, it, man. He did. He's 43 years old and just looked great against a guy that everybody thought was just going to kind of run through him. Yeah. No, I, I was definitely in that crowd. I thought, yeah. you know, but I also know that Glover's really tough. I mean, a lot of guys might not eat some of the shots that he ate and still be there. Yeah. Um, but man, I mean, how can you not be excited at the the future of Yuri Prohashka? Because, I mean, at this point, if this was him on an off night, which you could say it was, he made some mistakes that was that he was able to recover from. Obviously, getting the submission at the end, but he made some mistakes trying some things and got hit a lot. So if he can clean some of this up with what we know he has as a finisher and power, and now even as a grappler, I mean, how many people can say that? I mean, I don't think Glover has any submission losses on his record. Yeah, we think. I so I guess the question for me to get in some of the critical notes would be: It was it an off night for Yuri, or was it just that's how tough Glover is? Or right. like I had said at one point, like I guess how much of this is like an IQ thing? Because from what I remember watching, I've only watched the fight once. The times where Glover would end up like sort of on top or reversing position and things like that was when Yuri would either go for a submission or go for something kind of big on the ground or stay on the ground. Mm-hmm. We could have easily stayed standing yeah. up. And then it would end up bad for him. Yeah. So then for me, it's like, okay, is this because it's sort of the moment? Is this just, I, what is it? Is mm-hmm. it like, what? what is it that I we're know. attributing this to? And we don't have much of a sample size on Yuri, right? That's mm-hmm. only his, I mean, you could go back and watch his Risen fights for sure, you know, which were all at a pretty high level in terms of the competition. But in the UFC, that's only his third fight. And they're quick knockouts. Yeah, and they're, yeah, there's just not much of a sample size there. So, But for a guy that came into this with a 96.6% finish rate, continues that. Like, yeah, it's 11 in a row, I and believe. And he did answer questions, right? He got into yeah. the, fourth, the fourth and fifth round, yeah. finished the fight. I mean, he showed he can get out of bad situations. Got him out like back. four times. Like, yeah. Guys, if you didn't watch this fight, like when we're talking full mount, like full mount, like knees in the armpits and Glover's like dropping bombs on him. Like, <laughs> like guys don't get out of that typically mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's especially when glover's on top any of, of a huge cut that eyebrow got oh yeah cut up early but he cut up glover man yeah. i mean geez louise just and just the funky stuff that he does on the feet man like gary like fainting a right hook and then throws like a right head kick like <laughs> who does this man yeah like, he's i can tell you both of them probably this morning are feeling like I got hit by a truck. I feel like Yuri just, likes it though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In some, in some weird way, like I kept feeling like he wants this. The, he wants the blood. He wants the vibe. The more you said that, the more I'm like, does he? Like, is he down there just kind of enjoying he, this? He like, thumbs up. Like I'm good. 
Like I'm yeah. good. And then and then it was just like as soon as it would get bad, right? Like when Glover would really start teeing off, he'd just explode out of it. Mm-hmm. Like it was like you could I feel like you could have done that the whole right. time, man. Did maybe gas a little, I guess if we're being critical. It did seem like in some phases of the fight might have slowed down a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess with the, his style, I'm sure that's probably something that well, that's having to, to grapple more than he has in his other fights. Yeah. That we've seen. Yeah, that's a good point you know, too. That's that takes a, that's a different type of cardio. It's a so. lot of gra- it was a lot of grappling. For five rounds. But man, yeah. I just like he dropped Glover with these body shots and it's like this has got to be it and then he just follows him to the ground and yep. then he gets swept and you're just like what I mean, i'm telling you guys and he sweeps him and then yeah. back on like yeah and then yeah. glover cracks him and you think he's going down and glover jumps a guillotine and yeah. ends up falling back into his guard and it's like what are we watching just what a fight man i mean just our minds were just completely blown uh, Noah Yuri wasn't very happy with his performance. Yes, he was very critical. That's a good point. Um, kind of moving on now past the fight, very critical of himself in in, in the octagon. And I and I think you know a, a performance like that to get the win to go through that type of a battle, man. He's going to come back kind of like what we said with Hamzat, right? Mm-hmm. Finally got a big test there, and I think he's just going to come back even better, man. Because now he knows. Because I'm telling you. I do not want to see Glover retire. I'm sitting no. here today at a 43-year-old guy. Most of the times you see him lose like that, a rough fight, and he'd be like, ah, probably talk. not Glover, man. I feel like that guy could go another two, three years the way he looked last night. I think he's still at the top of that division. Mm-hmm. He's still the standard, I think. Like, I don't see, I mean, it was nothing that he did wrong, right? And right. I mean, it was close, and he had his moments to win that fight. It just did not, that's fighting, right? It just didn't go his way that night. But he can still compete at that high level, man. His chin looked great. He took some big shots, man. That jab yeah. from Yuri a couple times just completely snapped his head back. And I don't know how many even of the younger guys are taking that. Yeah, a couple of those uppercuts, it felt like he was about to go out. And if he would have went out like that, like yeah. it, it got finished, maybe you feel a little bit different. Sure. But to survive through it and yeah. – I mean, if he doesn't jump on that guillotine after he hurts Yuri, that's probably the fight. I swear Yuri was out. I think he was literally (laughs) out on his feet, and Glover came over the top and grabbed that guillotine and literally was, like, holding him up. (laughs) That ponytail, man, got him. But then, so now, you know, for Yuri... I think it has to be Jan Blachowicz. You know, obviously, as he was walking out of the cage, we got a little scene of those two having some words. Uh, as Jan was sitting in the crowd, I saw today here, he said he told Jan he loves him. Uh, and he said, now, now let's talk in the cage. Um, and then Jan tweeted that, you know, it, you know, European versus European would be the biggest fight in European MMA history. Probably true. Mm-hmm. He said, let's do it in Europe. I love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, you're talking about big crowds, you know, growing the sport, especially over in those that area. I think they could do a really, really, really big main event with those two. Um, and I'll be honest with you, man. Same thing, you know, I wouldn't be so quick to say, you know... <laughs> I don't know, and I mean, obviously it's tough because we just saw Jan lose to Glover, right? Mm-hmm. But Jan's power is unreal, and I think it's a little bit probably heavier than what Glover, and Yuri has, does not leave his hands. I mean, he does not block punches. <laughs> he moves, right? Yeah. So At one point against Glover, he just was letting, he stood straight, he just was letting him put hit his him. face up and let him but hit he him. He can't do that with Jan, I don't no. think, man. I think he still has that power, um, and I think that fight is very interesting, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah, I think uh, I I think I favor Yuri after looking at the Glover fight. Sure, I, um, I don't know. Jan's power definitely always ma- has it's a crazy, difference maker right? there. But yeah, I wonder if, like you said, Yuri was real critical. If we see sort of like the Shevchenko approach, and when Yuri comes out against Jan, if all of a sudden Yuri's like the a wrestler or a, or a grappler and comes out and just tries to dominate in that area, because yeah, is he strikes me as the type of guy who really is going to kind of go back to the drawing board and really try to improve in that area because mm-hmm. he knows what he can do on the feet and he sure. wants to improve and be a you know well-rounded mixed martial artist. Yeah, so. and his ground and pound was looking looked really good last night and. 
you know, we've seen Jan not be so healthy off of his back or not so confident. Mm-hmm. So if he, you know, if they get into a scramble and Yuri ends up on top, you know he'll probably try something crazy. And we know now that he can finish a black belt, so anybody's really game if you leave that no hooks. out. Right, no hooks. Can you imagine like how tight style. that squeeze must have been? Oh, to finish it to finish a guy as tough as Glover with a rear naked choke like that, um, without hooks in and you're just squeezing with your arms. That first had to be tight. first Amanda and now Glover, no hook. We're naked, so. Mm-hmm. Boys, moving on to our co-main event. Holy cow, Tyler Santos. Whew, it was all so close. It was right there. Mm-hmm. But Valentina Shevchenko, Shevchenko, no way there, sorry, defeats Tyler Santos via split decision. Um, boys, we have never seen Valentina in her uh, women's flyweight reign challenged the way Tyler Santos was able to challenge her, especially on the ground. Um, your guys' thoughts on what was a very, very interesting fight. We'll start with Brandon. I think this was, to me, this was Valentina kind of getting in her own way a lot, a lot of this sure. fight. Um, because from what I took from it, like she completely dominated on the feet. Anytime yes. she touched Santos, Santos, you could tell, visibly did not like it, was not comfortable. You mentioned that. And when you said that, that really stuck out to me is every time I saw her getting hit, she did mm-hmm. not like it. it. Just, yeah. She just did not react well. And then... Um, then you get into the grappling, right, which is the story of the fight. And mm-hmm. so the two, there was two times, I believe, that Santos took Shevchenko down. Yes. Outside of that, they were all initiated by Shevchenko. Sure. But all of the ground exchanges ended up with Santos sort of dominating them or winning them. Right. With the exception of the, I think it was round two, Shevchenko looked pretty decent off of her back and the guard. Mm-hmm. But literally, I mean, she didn't impose her will at all. Right. Like in any of those positions. And Santos was able to recover and sort of be a couple steps ahead. So I think if Shevchenko had backed off, we would have seen a totally different fight, staying at distance. But I don't know. I guess we'll never know. And then the headbutt, yeah. that was a big kind of storyteller. Yeah, too. We, and we now know today, yeah, so there was a headbutt. Was it in the third or fourth, third round, I think? Third round. I think it was in the third round. There was an accidental headbutt when they came together, and we do know now, instantly swelled up. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyla suffered a broken orbital bone. She is going to have to have surgery on it. Um, I think that's no surprise if you watch the fight, how yeah, she was horrible real. that looked. She was definitely in some pain. Um, I do think as the fight went on, though, she was kind of able, I don't know if the pain went away a little bit there, but she seemed like she could kind of open it a little bit in that later Mm -hmm. round and a half kind of. Um, But definitely, John, I think it did change the fight a little bit at that point. Oh, yeah. And I think, um, you know, because we've seen it kind of right off the jump where Valentina starts slow. Then, you know, Santos gets to the takedown and like controls her a little bit, gets to her back. And, you know, she survives, but I imagine, you know, you, you brought up the whole ego thing. That was probably like, oh, you think you're going to control me for this round? Back, yeah. I'm going to keep trying and because keep trying. Because that's what she's done in her career. Yeah. She's done it. I mean, every like Brandon said said it last night. Every time somebody says, well, this is how this person's going to be Valentina, that's how Valentina goes out and fights that person, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, and for Santos, too, when you go back and look at it, I mean, you had her back and you were fighting that choke, you know, three or four different times yeah. for, like, multiple minutes. What do you think of that, Brandon? Do you think that was more... Like, because she was on her back a lot. And do you think that's more just Valentina, really good defense? Do you think it was like, or do you think those are moments where Tyler probably should have been able to get a finish? I think Tyler should have finished, but that's just because I didn't feel like, my understanding of how to defend the back, I feel like Shevchenko could have done a better job. But I also like understand that it is tough to finish those when you have gloves on. So I don't know how many finishes from there Santos has. Um, I don't know. Maybe she would have been better off transitioning to like a mount position and just kind of ground and pounding from there. But... 
I don't, I'm not super familiar with the way Santos has won sure. prior mm-hmm. to this. It makes me think one or two how much the um, the little small punches that we saw from Valentina when she was on the back, how much mm-hmm. that could have affected Tyler's jiu-jitsu, you know, where maybe she has phenomenal jiu-jitsu, but in MMA you can get hit, right, when you're right. in that position. And, and Valentina was doing a good job of getting off, even when she was in guard. I mean, I thought Valentina's guard was actually yeah. really impressive. Um, went for that mission control, almost had the, uh, the go-go go, go plata. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, you know, some really, really good high-level stuff there from Valentina. As we look forward, though, now, I mean, Tyler's going to be out, right? So now, you know, obviously there's the argument for the rematch, and I think a lot of people are thinking that today just because we've never seen that from Valentina, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a, there was a couple times where she could have lost that fight, like we're talking about with the back, um, but... I think it was DC when we were watching the post fight last night said something that I agreed 100% with is I feel like a rematch does not favor Tyler Santos right now because mm-hmm. Valentina is going to go back. She's going to fix this hole in her game and she's going to come back and she's going to be better than ever. I think the move we have got to see Valentina at 135 uh, facing the winner of Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes, I think regardless of who wins that fight. Right. I, I completely agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think especially in the rematch department, I don't think no. that would be not great. now, not right now. That's yeah. not to say you know give Tyla a fight or two, like let her kind of work on because her stand up looked like I mean we we that was something coming in. We thought well, Tyler's got some pretty good stand up, like you said, Brandon. Defensively, maybe wasn't what different we, level. Yeah, and I think she needs to work on that a little bit because Valentina is going to fix those holes, and I think she's got to have some time to fix her holes as well. Right, and if not fix holes, just fix your game plan sure if if she doesn't initiate those hip tosses yeah i mean because in the fifth round she had a clean takedown was able to get to that side control and really finish out the round i mean she outstruck her almost double um so i think that she can easily go back and see that and talia said herself she's like i'm young i'll be back yeah and i agree no rush there's no rush you somebody said i don't remember who like valentina hits hard so how much of this too is santos has never been hit like that yeah Yeah. you can't really emulate that very well so then when she's in there it's kind of like oh crap like this is just a different feel when i'm getting popped by her but now she knows like now she's been in there she has a broken orbital she's been through that a little bit so maybe next time when she comes in she'll be a little less hesitant sure kind of eat a few to get where she needs to be who knows? Because yeah, I don't see a lot of girls in that division. Well, that, and that, we talked about that last Dealing night. You look that. down the division, the only one that she hasn't beat is Alexa Grasso. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Tyla's out for us. So you can't do the rematch for a while anyways. I mean, I'm sure Valentina's, that was a tough fight for her. I'm sure she's going to want a little time off. She's going to work and train and stuff. Um, but it's like, do you just sit around and wait for an Alexa Grasso to get a win, to face you, to get that fresh? I mean, Andrade is back in the division, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of, or no, Andrade went back down, sorry. Yeah. But yeah. but still, it's like, you know, are you going to sit around and wait for an Alexa Garasso? Like, are we sitting here today thinking that Garasso really offers anything that we think could compete with Valentina? And there's really, if you look down, even further than that, there's not like a young up-and-comer that, like, a, like I mean, I don't want to compare young every contender to Hamzad or Aguirre, <laughs> but there's not these, like, young prospects that everybody's like, ooh, or even maybe. Dern, you know, uh, under. Well, Dern, yeah, yeah I'm saying smaller, there's nobody that, as, like, as far as a better like a specialist, example, maybe, yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of like the, the only challenge for Valentina is to go up and prove that you can do it at two weight classes because she hasn't been able to. Right. You know, she lost to Amanda twice. So mm-hmm. even though the one was controversial, but she's lost to her twice. And Max Holloway's getting his third fight with Volk. So, I mean, that yeah. happens. We've can done happen. it can happen. Totally. So. Ha- yeah. Right. Regard- that's what I'm saying. Regardless of who wins, that's what needs to happen. Boys, our next fight, Jean-Claude. I'm telling you this air horn, horn today, man. Horn, horn. Defeating Joanna Jacek via knockout. Spinning back fist in round two. Holy cannoli, macaroni, uh, Joanna retiring, worth noting off the top, right after mm-hmm. that fight. 
don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> that was rough. Fatality. <laughs> and, and let me put some respect on Joanna's name because I still, to this day, I, she's... I think she's absolutely goaded, um, not mm-hmm. just in that division, but in women's MMA in general. Right. Phenomenal career. Um, what she did as early, like when she was doing it on top of her game, her run was scary, man. Mm-hmm. She was she was the Valentina-esque of her uh, her era, right? Mm-hmm. So um, do want to get that off the top. Right. Like I Just so much respect for her and her career and what she's done. But whoo-wee. So you called this one. Kind of. I mean, you you kind of we talked a little, a little bit, bit about that, right? Yeah. So I, I, th- I thought Yolanda honestly looked good technically. Yeah. I, I mean, she, oh yeah. She looked like her old self. She For was landing sure. pretty well. Um, she did get taken down. I think that, but again, even I think on that the she, takedowns though, didn't give up. Worked her mm-hmm. way back up. Fought her way back up. Did everything mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I, I think what we saw was just Wei Li, kind of exactly how we had said, kind of evolving a yeah. little bit and just really still in it in Yoana. Sure. I mean, the fact that she retired kind of goes to show where her head was at. Yeah, because um, it was so. kind of probably already there mm-hmm. going into it. And, and she said something in her post-fight um, in the cage when she retired. She said, you know, this was the hardest five months. I gave it everything I had these last five months in this training camp. And like what I told you guys last night, I believe her. Right. I bet she put on a championship camp for five months and did everything right, worked her ass off. But the problem is you've been gone for two years. So what were you doing for those other months, you know, mm-hmm. between then and then these last five months? Because mm-hmm. it was a lot of travel. There was a lot of model. Like I said, I don't want to get back to it, but that, at least that's what we saw, right? right. Um, so, and, and like we were talking last night, this sport constantly is evolving, right? We talk about, look at a guy like John Jones I brought up last night too. It's like, it makes me nervous as a John Jones fan because this sport changes, man, right. all the time. And if mm-hmm. you're not staying up to it, yeah, you can come in, resharpen your tools, get in shape, work hard. But when these fighters are taking everything constantly to the next level and improving, mm-hmm. it's just hard to keep up. Right. Yeah. I, I think. Um, yeah. I think Whaley needed this win. You yeah. know, uh, after losing two in a row to Rose, but I think she puts herself right back in where she wants to be. Yeah. Um, especially with that title changing hands now. Yeah. She has a good shot at Oh, yeah. I mean, and with that, she utilized the wrestling that, you know, we were hoping to see from her time with Cejudo. Yeah. And then, I mean, even with that strike, you know, her striking is a little bit more crisp from the time in Thailand. So yes. she's looking like a way, I mean, Whaley 2.0 for sure. Yeah. And it's it's exciting. And for your Carla Esparza, you're probably a little Ooh. bit. Yeah, because the wrestling might not work. Yeah. <laughs> She I, looked really good. Yeah, I don't know. She she looked something too that I, she she looked really strong. And I don't know how much mm-hmm. of that is Yoana. It's just kind of smaller. What about but, when she had double overs and just sat to her butt, yeah, like, pulled Yoana like on top of her and just flipped her over her head. And that's just really impressive. Like that kind yeah. of Andrade esque. Like I can just kind of do what I want. Yeah, like, get a hold of you. That's just scary because she looked really good on top too. Like yeah, she controlled really well. So it's just, just that's a scary way, Lee. That's sure, scary. Well, that, and it also makes you appreciate what Rose has been able to do twice to Joanna and twice to Way Lee. Oh, yeah. Like nobody else can say that they've beat somebody like, like both without of those a twice. Doubt. Yeah, for sure. No, without a doubt, I agree. Um, moving on, boys. John, you're getting there, man. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm you're, warming you're, up. We still need you to warm up because Jake Matthews. Whoa. Defeating Andre Fiallo via knockout in round two. And I said it last night. I'm going to say it again. Welcome back. Yeah. Jake Matthews. It's a different kid. Woo. Wow. Like I said last night, he went to summer camp and came back <laughs> swole. With braids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got cornrowed up and was like. Looked I'm like di- a Viking. I, I'm, I'm di- yeah. He did look like a Viking. <laughs> You're right. Uh, that was scary. Um, looks massive for that division. Very mm-hmm. long. 
and like I told you guys, like this is what flow state looks like. When you hear people say like, oh, they're like, I was in like a flow state. Like, I feel like he couldn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Everything was, was everything. technical. It was tight. Everything, every time he threw, it seemed like it was landing and mm -hmm. not just landing, but getting big reactions out of Fialio. When Fialio was landing, it wasn't really getting, you know, like Fialio mm -hmm. touches guys, right? And they go out and like Matthews ate a couple big ones. You know, he did, I think it was the end of the first round. He got rocked, maybe mm -hmm. kind of dropped in there. Um, but wow. I mean, talk about derailing a guy like uh, Fialio who has just looked really, really good lately. I am really high on Jake Matthews right now in the future of him. Yeah. And and it, it's kind of weird cuz maybe you feel like maybe it was a little too much for Andre to keep constantly doing these fights. Yeah. Cuz he was winning big so it makes it easy to be like, "All right, do another one in 2 weeks. Do another one in a month." But Jake Matthews was maybe a little bit too much to do on yeah. a short on a short turnaround like that. For sure. When was Jake's last fight? Uh that's a good question. We can look that up. I got you. Um, the the go. um the other thing was just yeah, like you talked about the flow state. There was one moment I don't remember if it was the first or second round where he they were literally like kind of nose to nose phone booth. Yeah, and you just see Jake in this like body body head combo yes. and Vialo just kind of seemed like stunned because it was just so yeah. fast and yeah. it caught every single punch landed and it was just kind of a moment like jeez man this yeah. might be a little bit too much to chew here and oh, yeah. Uh, it was just very visible in that exchange. He lost to Sean Brady by submission March 6, 2021. Yeah. So he took a good year, yeah. and it, it showed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean good Lord. And I think he said, didn't he say something like he feels like up until last night, he, he had only been like 15% yeah. or something of what he can do, and I believe him. Yeah, because <laughs> that was a different performance. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm with you, Jake. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm ready. I am so, so pumped to see his next fight, man, because I'm telling you, there was probably not a lot of guys knocking on Dana White's door saying they'll take a fight with Andre Fialio. True. And this kid who, you know, has kind of had an up-and-down run in the UFC, came in really hot, this young prospect – you know, got humbled a little bit, maybe a little early on, and just man, that's I don't know. And like I said, his size in that division, mm -hmm. I, I'm very interested to see what's man, next. I, I'll be honest, like you know, we talk about how exciting 55 is, and how you know you have a lot of people coming up. 70s yep, getting there, it's getting there. You got people like him. You got you know the Shaft cast. You have some other yeah. guys. It's like still Fialio. Yeah, I mean, I mean for Andre sure, is still a great fight. At for any anybody. given night, he's yeah. a problem, and so. he's got a chin too, man. I mean, I'm telling you, there's some of those shots that Matthews landed that would probably put a lot of guys out. A lot quicker. I mean, you know? the guy woke up from getting knocked out, still fighting. Doing the surf <laughs> to the jujitsu <laughs> fingers. Yeah. Uh, boys, next fight we're going to talk about real quick. Jack Della Madalena. Della Madalena. Did I do it, John? Yeah, you did. All right. We practiced it me, before. Me and John said it like before you got here. We were saying it over and over. Prepping. Yeah. Defeats Ramazan Emiv mm -hmm. via TKO round one. I'll let you take this one, John, because you knew a little bit more about Della Madalena. Yeah, I just remembered his, uh, you know, his last fight. His boxing looked really, really well. Didn't you say Izzy had a lot of good stuff yeah. to say about him? He's from... Um, I think he's from Australia, so he's he was familiar with him. Yeah, he's Australian. But he, I mean, his last fight was a knockout. He had a contender fight that went to a decision, but two knockouts in a row. Yeah. His boxing was just on a different level. Yeah. And power, man. And once again, another welterweight that's just yeah. scary. 12 and 2. I'm excited. He's, yeah, he's another one. Keep your eyes on Jack Della Madalena. Yeah, I mean, even him and Matthews, because Matthews... Oh, no, not yet. I'm let's, just let's, saying. Let's, let's let these guys have some fun for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Last fight I want to mention, boys, it was the feature fight on the prelims. Josh Kulabao defeats Song Wu Choi via split decision, 28-29. Um, what a fight. Holy cow. Let me, let me just go ahead and give it to him, because that was like in... 
freaking insane, man. Um, you know, uh, Brandon doesn't, he's not a Game of Thrones fan, but John, you are. Right. And one thing that they, what do they say about Winterfell? What well, must always be in Winterfell? There must always be a, a Stark in Winterfell, baby. There must always be a South Korean in the featherweight division. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> like <laughs> Song Woo Choi, you know, channeling that zombie spirit, man. Um, Eating some big shots. I mean, I definitely think Kula Bao deserved the win. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, man, Song Wu Choi, what a chin. Uh, ate some big shots. Kula Bao is probably, you know, if you look at, you know, his physique, I've never seen a 45er with, like, love handles and a belly. Yeah. You know, not like, yeah, not no real muscle definition, nothing in his arms. But, man, is he fast. And he cracks, mm -hmm. dude. Um, really, once again, uh, trains with Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, Volk was really high on him, I guess, coming into this and felt, you know, he was kind of in entering his best form that he's seen him in um, from sparring with him and stuff. So look out for Josh Kulabau. And here's the other thing. All three of those fights, all Australian fighters. Yeah, They I know, came man. up. They they came and showed out. So. Yeah, for sure. No, a hundred percent. You know, I think sometimes when you look at um, when you look at that travel, man, that can just be so brutal. So when you don't have to make as big as long as a travel, maybe um, there could be something to well, that. And you know, you see, we've seen there's a lot of good fighters in that area yeah. now that they're they're probably all kind of fighting with each other, training with each other, and it's you know iron sharpening iron. So I, I don't I don't want to spend much time on this, but I I, I should have brought this up. I was thinking about this today. So, um, I don't want, like I said, don't want to spend much time. I just want to throw it out there as an observation. We can come back to it later. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember when Rose just fought Esparza, right? And she was walking out this, to this cage and she's like, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the champion. I'm the best. What did we see Joanna doing when she was walking into the arena when they showed the video of her? Some, same thing. Right? I'm a champion. I'm, I'm going to be the champ. I'm going to beat this girl in a couple months. I'm going to be the champion. I'm the best in the world. This and that. What did Glover do? I don't want to go to Glover because Glover is freaking. He's, I mean, he's he would have yeah. won it. But you know, he's, seconds, but, but like in the third between yeah. the third and fourth round, he I'm was like, "I'm, I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to beat this. He's on the stool, right? I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to." And like, I guess I'd always, and I guess because like for me, I'd always seen that as like a positive, right? Like I'm like, "Oh, this person's locked in, man. Mm. Focus." But then it's like now I kind of wonder, maybe excluding Glover, but it's like, is it almost like there? Because we've seen it just three examples, right? Really quick, where it's like. Is it almost like a psychological thing where maybe you're trying to tell yourself that because you're not so sure? Maybe you are a little uncomfortable or nervous mm -hmm. or I don't know. You know, it just and I'm not saying that's why these people like, you know what I mean? Or like right. if anybody does that, they're going to lose. It's just something I'm just kind of I just kind of observed and was thinking about that today of like, man, I wonder if there's something to that from like a, a mental aspect where like mm -hmm. you're trying to convince yourself or hype yourself up for something that maybe isn't there. Or you really don't believe. I yeah. think more with more and more people getting into sort of the um, sports psychology stuff too to help them in this fighting realm i i it would not surprise me at all if that yeah. was sort of kind of yeah what you're talking about yeah just it just was an interesting thing you know we can keep an eye on it see if we <laughs> see more examples yeah. of it. uh brandon update us on our scores real quick before we move on from ufc 275 right. live from singapore which is one of three city states left in the world brandon before you give us the score name the other two city states left in the world oh, man they're dumb they're like names oh like, they're not dumb no the names are like weird Come on, Brandon. It's not Morocco, but it sounds like that. John, I know you're back with us. You've locked in in the last... I, I've, I've seen a change in the last five minutes. Give us the other two city-states left in the world. The Vatican. City, yep. And um, the other one is in France. Yep. Um, Monaco, gosh. Monaco. See, right. I knew it was close to right. Morocco, right. Monaco. I had, Vatican right. I had it loaded up. All right, all right. Brandon, what's our scores? Um, John, you're still in last place. You got 31. Nate, you have 37. You both got three points last night. Kay. I came in with five. So I five. Have, yeah, I got uh, Whaley three. 
because I had TKO in the second Did round. Did you really? Um, I so I have 41. So, so 30, so 30, I got 37. Yep, John has 31. I have 41. No, I'm only four behind you. John, you're 10 behind. I feel, like, I feel like I was in the 30s last week. That's scary. Like, I was close. I was a little bit close to him, and you guys were close. Mm-hmm. So if I got five points. No, you got three. No, you got or three. three points. I feel like I should have more than 31. I mean, you can go back and check me, but I do feel like John's. I think he's right. I feel. I feel like you said because I thought it was like because he was like always oh, getting close. Boys, seemed like you were at like thirty five, maybe even thirty seven. Me? No. Because you, wait, you, you two. At? I'm at forty one now. I was at. Oh, so maybe you were at twenty seven then or twenty eight, John. Maybe I just remember it being close, but I mean, you did have a big night, so I had thirty six and you had thirty four last week. Oh, okay. So okay. he's probably so you were in the twenties. Okay, that, well. that would make some sense. What do you think about that, John? What do you think about that gap? I mean, it is how are you feeling? It, I mean, it is. You are is, a rating champ, champ. You know, it's like sometimes you gotta shake that rust off. You know, I celebrated hard after winning last time. <laughs> a lot of drink. You know, Andy too much, Ruiz, a little too much wine. Yeah, maybe. a little too much wine. Yeah, and so now I'm starting to shake off the cobwebs. But we got some big cards coming up. Here's the thing: we're kind of the halfway point of the year. You can't have a run in this last half of the year like you've had in the beginning. You got to tighten it up. Yeah, it'll happen. Can man. I give you some advice? Go. I think you need to separate who you're a fan of and who's really going to win. Mm. I think mm. you're. I think I think with your picks, you're being blinded by guys that you like. Maybe and you don't. You don't want to pick against them. It's a hard thing to do. But here's it. the other thing: he made the same picks as I did last week. He's been taking no. a lot. He's been taking a lot of well, the safe choices to take the. Decision. There's for sure, but you've had a couple so of picks hard where I'm like, oh, John's picking with his heart there because there's no. Sometimes way. it works out. There's no way he believes. The that. other thing is, if I was just picking what you would pick, it wouldn't be as simple as me being ten points ahead. That's very true. But I'm picking finishes, for the most part. I don't know how you can say anything when you're in last place. I mean, I've already won. <laughs> you don't even know how it feels to win the championships. So. He might. He might. He's getting. He's he's getting. I don't know. I'm only four behind. I'm coming for your Nate's scout. right. And here. and to be fair, last year you rode the bottom for a while. I think what. Yeah. That's and true. then you made a push, and it came to the last I fight. Think, I so. think what happened last year is John's favorite fighters did really well last year. <laughs> I think that's so. What happened. So your advice doesn't really work, right? Well, they're not doing well this year. That's I mean, they the haven't problem. fought a lot. <laughs> they're getting older, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got some new guys. Boys, this Saturday night. Boy, do we have a fun card. I'm mm-hmm. really excited for this one. UFC Fight Night. Um, we're going to feature two, the main and co-main. Our main event in the men's featherweight division. Number four ranked, Calvin Cater versus number seven, Josh Emmett. Boys, after a very one-sided bludgeoning loss to Max Holloway in 2021, Calvin Cater started off this year doing the exact same thing. To the rising prospect, Giga Chikadze, completely outstruck and outclassed Giga in January of this year, making him a winner of three in his last four bouts. His opponent, Josh Emmett, is coming in having won his last four straight. His last win was in December of last year, a unanimous decision victory over Dan Ige. Cater is by far, though, I think the biggest test that he's probably faced in his UFC career, which does date back to 2016. Emmett's up there, man, in age. Mm-hmm. Time may not be on his side at 37 years old, but, man, he really seems to be kind of coming into the the best form of himself, though, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I actually think uh, we're seeing a lot of guys with those big wrestling backgrounds like he has kind of peak a little later in their careers, though, right? Like, I just, if you look at, like, some DCs or Yoel Romero's, like, you know, it just seems like some wrestlers just peak later in MMA. I don't know why. Do you feel like... Cejudo. you feel like mm-hmm. Johnson... Well, do you think Cater's a bigger test, obviously, than Johnson at this point, but would you say sure. Johnson was his biggest win up to that? Michael Johnson? Yep. 
Um, I would say Shane Burgos. Maybe, yeah. Mm. Shane Burgos was a big one. Um, but I also don't want to get it twisted because I do think that uh, Josh Emmett's stand-up has become one of the biggest aspects of his game. I mean, his mm. his striking, I mean, he's a very, very legit striker. Right. And with Cater also being a great striker, who both these guys have great gas tanks, I just think this is going to be a really fun matchup. What do you guys well, think? Well, what's interesting is Emmett's never done a five-round fight. So yes. we have to bring that sure, up. Sure, sure. That's different. And, you know, for Cater, you, you look at his last three, all of them went to five rounds. Sure. So he has that. But his dominant – obviously, the Holloway fight looks bad, but it's crazy is if you look at the Ige fight before and the Giga fight after, he does that same thing to other people who are big strikers sure. as well. So that becomes an interesting uh, point for me because you don't know how Emmett's going to do over five. And the fact that I look at somebody like Giga as a better striker than Yeah, that's Josh what's tough, Emmett. right? But I also think Josh Emmett has more tools, right, with yeah. the wrestling and stuff. So yeah, I, just looking at their record, something that stood out to me was each of them had fought Jeremy Stevens, mm -hmm. and Stevens knocked out Emmett, yeah. and then uh, Cater had knocked out Stevens. Both, yeah. by the way, were both by way of elbow um, TKO. That to me was fascinating. Um, I don't see how this fight comes out of here. We don't. We don't either see knockout of the night or fight of the night. Yeah. with one of the same thing with the co-main. Like this mm -hmm. just has potential to be fight of the night written all over these two. Oh, for sure. Right. Like it's a lot of these fights on this card do. Yeah. Um, you brought up a really interesting thing actually about Jeremy Stevens. I actually read something that he said very recently. Um, he was asked who was the toughest opponent he ever faced in the UFC, and he said hands down by far it was Josh Emmett, um, which I think is interesting because if you look at it, he, that's the only one out of the a lot of the guys that he beat more recently. So right. it's like I don't know if he's just saying that because he beat Josh Emmett, yeah. um, but he said hands down like it was Josh Emmett. He actually threw Calvin Cater's name in there as well, but he was just like you know I just think Josh Emmett was a little bit tougher to deal with, a little bit more mm -hmm. stronger. And Josh Emmett is pretty big, man. He looks, right. looks like a really big strong strong guy mm -hmm. um so i could definitely see that but that was just kind of like a little interesting nugget that i read there from jeremy stevens um but let's get to our picks john who are you taking for this main event i'm gonna take calvin cater i'm gonna say fourth round tko i think that boxing wears on him and we see what happens yeah. when we get into those championship or four or five rounds i'm struggling with this one because i'm fighting logic in my gut and mm -hmm. my gut tells me to pick Calvin Cater. Right. But logic keeps telling me to pick Josh Emmett. Um, and typically, I feel like when I go with my gut, I'm wrong. So for I'm going to go with uh, Josh Emmett. Excuse me. Uh, both of these guys have been caught in some, you know, a uh, little run of some decisions, um, mm -hmm. it seems like, lately. I think both of these guys are super tough. Great gas tanks. Um, so I, I think we might see a decision here. I do think it's going to be five rounds of, of absolute war. Man, I just uh, now I'm thinking. Do I really want to pick Josh? I'll go. With, I'm gonna stick with Josh Emmett. I'll say unanimous decision. I'm a big fan of Josh Emmett. I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna pull a John and just. I'm a big fan of Emmett. I want to see him win. <laughs> there you go. Um, but no, honestly, I think he'll. I think the power he possesses sure. is unique, and like you said, his striking sort of coming coming into its own as of late. I yeah. think that's gonna be one of the maybe aspects that Stevens was referring to when he fought him. Yeah, maybe that can help. I don't know though, because Cater Holloway was I know. ridiculous. You start seeing, dude. Look at Cater Giga. That was just insane. But I feel like Max is a volume puncher, and it will just put your lights out. So yeah, I'll stick with Emmett. I'll say third round. I knockout. also think so. I, I went back and watched uh, Cater Giga the other day, and if you watch that fight through three rounds, it was actually a lot closer. Mm -hmm. That fight really became one sided about halfway through the fourth into the fifth when. 
he get really gassed himself out mm-hmm. bad. You know, I mean, I think throwing the stuff that he throws, and, and then Cater yeah. was just putting an impossible pace on him, right, walking him down, stalking him. But if that was a three-round fight, I don't know. You guys watch it. Let me know. Right. I don't know. I don't know if I would have had Cater win in that fight, interestingly enough. Yeah. He might have landed the bigger shot, so maybe he still would have won. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have been close, man. A lot closer than what it appeared at the end of the fight. Right. Next fight that we are going to pick for, boys, the co-main event, at least according to ESPN, which is always <laughs> subject to change. Right. Because Jake Matthews and Andre Fialio were like the first card on the UFC 275, or the first fight on the card, uh, according to ESPN, and ended up on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, we didn't have we didn't even mention, off. yes. Yeah. Uh, gosh, sorry, we didn't mention that. Manil Cop and Bonterine. What's his? Mm-hmm. What's Hajirio Bonterine? Yeah. Um, that fight dropped off. It was supposed to be on the main card. You said something about Bonterine kidney failure yeah. from the cut or yeah. something. He was still four and a half pounds out. Yeah. And he came out of the sauna or whatever. And and you brought up an interesting point. He might be in some trouble because he's, yeah, he's three fights had, in a row yeah. and he missed. Hasn't he had weight issues too? Or uh, I, I'm not 100% forgetting? sure. Okay. I don't know. But yeah. So that moved little callback to 275. Yeah. Our co-main event, boys, Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Joe Lozon. Uh, goes without saying that these are two absolute legends in the game. Um, both Between both of them, we're talking a total of 97 professional MMA fights. That doesn't include amateur kickboxing. Um, I'm sure for Lozon, some jujitsu stuff in there. I mean, these guys oh, yeah. are just two... Warriors, man. Yeah, very decorated. They were supposed to fight at UFC 274, but the night of the fight, Cerrone fell ill. Uh, Non-COVID related. I think he said he got like food poisoning or something. So was unable to compete the night of the fight. Um, So the bout was rescheduled to take place in this co-main event spot, according to ESPN+. And (laughs) let us start with Cowboy Cerrone, who hasn't won a fight since 2019 and is currently 0-5-1. In his last six bouts. That's rough, man. Yeah. Um, his opponent, Joe Lozon, stepping back into the ring after a little over two years off, having not fought since October of 2019, where he KO'd Jonathan Pierce in the first round. Does not seem like it's been two years since I saw that fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That blew my mind when I saw right. that. This does not seem like it has been that long, man. Um, Joe's been very open, though, going into this fight. Um, that This may very well be his last fight in his career. Um, he said... A win, and then he'll have to decide after. You know, we'll see how the win goes. But he was very honest in telling MMA Junkie that if he gets knocked out or has a bad performance, that'll definitely be it. He said, you don't have to question it. If I get knocked out or look really bad, get really beat up, I'm done. said he doesn't want to put his wife through it anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. Could be a reason why the long layoff. Um, But Lozon has had seven fight of the night bonuses in his career. Only three men in the UFC's history have had more with eight. Um... And he's also fighting another guy who, and Cerrone, who's had six. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and he made it very clear that he does not want any more five of the night bonuses. He's like, I don't want any mm. more wars. Right. I'm done with that. I just want to go in, try to finish this guy quickly and get out. Um, so let's just start there. Like, what do you guys think of these comments from him? You know, Lozon heading into a fight with a guy in Cerrone who, like I said, is going to bring a fight. This probably, he, you know, Cerrone loves the, the dog fight a little bit. It just seems a little inevitable, right? So then right. I'm questioning, like, going into it, if Cerrone starts beating him up, like, is he going to be like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. Right. <laughs> I feel like of all the people you could fight, though, mm-hmm. to be a little bit hesitant with, you, like, Cowboy's the guy. Given his current form. Because sure. Cowboy is another guy. What's up? Well, I was going to say, he is that way, except for when it's people who are, like, on a smaller... Against, the like, the big top dogs, he shrinks. But it seems like he shows you, like, oh, I'm about ready for a belt, and then he runs into... Cerrone? 
Yeah. Well, who did he just lose? His last loss was to uh, Alex Moreno, Moreno, but he's um, he's on a run. But before that, you're talking about Gaethje, Gaethje uh, Tony Connor, Ferguson, and Ferguson, Connor. You know what I'm saying? Nico Price was right. That was the draw. Yeah. It was an eye poke or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's not like he's getting beat by. Like, it's kind of like Tony Ferguson. It's not like he's been getting beat by Scrubs. Yeah, but he's another one too, though. That's kind of hinted at, like you know, I don't yeah. know how much longer I'm going to be doing this sure. type of deal. I just. I just really feel like he's another guy who just kind of constantly in his own way, especially mentally. And yeah. so I, for me, man, this really kind of leans Lozon um, for all the reasons you said and for the Cerrone kind of, you know, struggling in the big moments, so to speak. And, I, you know, you create your own moments too when you say like, hey, you know, this might be my last one or I'm heading in that yeah, direction, right. that kind of thing. Well, we just, and we just saw Felice Herrig, right? You know, she, she just retired in the cage last week and she admitted afterwards that, she knew that was a possibility. It was just, let me get in the cage and see what happens, you know? So it's like, like I said, I don't ever question that, you know, the fighters are ready to go in and fight. And I'm sure, you know, they mentally go into the fight wanting to win and thinking that they're going to win. It's just, it's, I feel like it's such a mental thing though, when you're in there and you're starting to get beat up and it's mm-hmm. like, man, I don't even really know I want to be in here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you start questioning it in the fight. Maybe, I don't know. But to hear him say that, you know, it's a big concern for his wife and his family and stuff. And it's like, if Cerrone starts teeing him up, like if we see Cerrone in some crazy, you know, form that we maybe haven't seen, I mean, he doesn't look necessarily bad, but if he, you know, starts landing some big elbows and stuff, it's like, but I also think it's Joe Lowe's on and he'll just bite down and it's like it's just in his, he can't help it but something know? else that's somewhat unique with fighting is there's so much more of the sport that you just we just don't see typically 100%. as fans in it yeah. and they don't get paid for it like there's no benefit from it right. other than they're prepping for those 25 minutes camp, maybe. Meaning, yeah like the, the five-month camp that that wears on them like that's imagine. there's no way that's you know that's not breezy that's rough to yeah. go through so mm-hmm. you've got to compile all of that with the, what the career is it's not just those fights that we see on right. tv right it's it's the training the injuries the team changes all that stuff right and, um i don't know so that too i think i it makes a little more sense when you know you want someone like that comes in and says look guys this is just i have other things i want to do yeah and, mm-hmm. you know there's just a lot to that so who are you picking john I'm gonna go with Cerrone. I feel like he does a really good job against people who are who might not have an edge on him in like the striking department. Sure. You look up, you know, like I said, Moreno, Pettis, McGregor, Gaethje, Tony Ferguson. Like I think those are guys that are just a little bit better as far as like an overall skill. And I feel like Lozon, although he did have that TKO in his last fight, I feel like his road to victory might I mean, be submission, but Cerrone's only been submitted once. I mean, before that fight, he was on a pretty bad losing streak, too. I right. think he was like three in a row or something. Yeah, he lost to Clay Guida, Stevie Ray, and some other dude I never heard of. So. Uh, Gertzmeyer. Oh, yeah. Um, gosh, so, and and those two of those were knockouts. Gutsmeyer. So I just feel like um, Cerrone just has, like I said, he shows up against people that aren't high-pressure fights, and I don't think this will be that. So I'm going to say Cerrone, second-round TKO. Yeah, I don't think there's a bad pick in this one. No. I mean, I don't know what the odds are. Um, but Cerrone's I, I, na- or minus one seventy and Lozon's plus one forty five. That's so, probably yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like it should almost be a pick 'em. I I don't think there's much between these guys, especially with where they're at in their career. About um, the same age. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I don't see an advantage in in either direction because um, we just don't know what we're gonna get. Um, oh man, I'm just gonna take Cerrone, um, and I don't even know why. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just give me Cerrone uh, by. TKO in the third. I'm going to take Lozon. I just don't think Cerrone's going to show up, man. Yeah, you're right. I, I, he's got five mm-hmm. losses behind him, and he's got the no contest. I just, 
I feel like that's going to be in his head. Um, he knows what this means for Lozon. I feel like if Lozon goes out there in the first round and crowds him, Cerrone's going to wilt. Yeah. So I'm going to take first round uh, TKO by Lozon. Also on this card, boys, we could have we could have previewed a lot of other, but just wanted to show some respect for sure. These might be the co-main. We don't know. Yeah, these could all move up. Who knows? Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Mm. Uh, Indiana's own Eddie Wineland taking on Cody Stamen. Phil Haas versus DC's prodigy Duran Wynn. Then you also have names like Joaquin Buckley fighting the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez, Adrian Yanez, Court McGee, Kyle Dacus. I mean, this card is stacked. Yeah, Eddie Wineland's the biggest uh, underdog on the card, so... Really? I gotta throw him some Indiana love. Cody Stamen hasn't, like, necessarily looked great, right? He's lost, no. like, two or three in a row, it's, hasn't he? I think three or four. Yeah. I think he was on a three-fight. I think it's that three. O'Malley knockout yep. for Wineland. He lost to Jimmy Rivera, Marab, and then uh, just to Saeed. Yeah, I thought he was... Those are some tough ones. <laughs> yeah. He used to put some respect on that, I guess. Right. And like I said, I think the optics of the O'Malley knockout probably don't don't bode well yeah. uh, for uh, for Wineland. Uh, John, let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. <laughs> All righty, fellas. We got some pretty interesting stuff this week. Nothing too, too crazy. Um, first thing I want to hit on is Lewis Schmolka getting cut. Um, he he had a good run at first, and he's had a tough run. But he tweeted basically saying he's excited to test free agency. The MMA landscape is changing a lot, and pretty soon it might be like boxing where huge entities are roaming the globe, taking each other out. Sounds like it has potential to be really lucrative to me. So I just thought that was interesting. Not a lot of people who get cut make a lot of statements. Um, we have some potential fights coming up. They're trying to work together. Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier, too. Is trying to get targeted for two seventy eight. Um, Do you guys care about that? Not as yes much. and no. That just doesn't interest me. At I'm going to watch it. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean it's it's going to be a fun fight, but like I think we got to start getting some fresh matchups. Yeah. Like these guys can't just keep fighting each other every like the, couple months, man. I, I don't get the implications. Uh, yeah. like that's where I kind of yeah. so like it's a fun fight. That's how I feel about Whitaker and Vittori, though. Yeah, like they, we both lost to the champion twice. Or, you know, just, or even just recently. Just and I'm becomes, not saying like we don't see a different outcome if those guys fight three or four times but it's just like i just want to start seeing some fresh mat like right i don't know like that division's like literally about to burst at the seams with talent and like i just don't need to keep seeing like let's just start throwing some new guys in there I let's just of, see what happens i figured both of them would potentially move up like i was waiting on Poirier I, thought dustin to move would. Up. I, I honestly mm-hmm. love dustin Poirier. don't think he wants the colby covington problem yeah he and there's a lot of people who called him out too during this little uh, yeah I fight but run. but i'm just saying like Colby's been very disrespectful towards Dustin yeah. and has basically opened the door for Dustin to come up and fight him. And maybe Dustin's under size at that way and just doesn't see a point in it. Fair enough. But Dustin's talked a lot of trash back too, but it's like, I just don't think he wants that problem, man. Just really don't. I don't know, because Justin said he absolutely he doesn't, right? Justin has came out and said Colby. He doesn't want to well, yeah, he said he doesn't want to move up. Yeah. He's like, so, I'm just too small. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Poirier heard that too, and he's thinking, well, maybe I can't. Yeah. Mm. On another uh, exciting matchup, or a more exciting matchup, we have Cheeto Vera and Dominique Cruz in the works now for August 13th. One. Five rounds. That is a fun one. That one has a lot of potential. See, really that's fun. what I mean. Yeah. Let's start throwing these guys up against some legit contenders, like some top five guys, some of these guys that are coming up, and let's see what happens because we got to start figuring out how good these guys really are, mm-hmm. you know? I agree. Who do you, real quick, so like at 55, who are you thinking, the, like Poirier Gaethje, let's say you could... Play matchmaker real quick. Who do you want to see each of them face? Armand Sarukian. 
I mean, you could have thrown like I want. I'm I can. And well, some, him and Gamrot are set. They're to booked, fight. but I'm saying yeah. like I would have rather have seen Dustin Sarukian booked before right. they booked Gamrot, and I, they could have made that happen. Now I understand these guys at the top probably don't want to fight the number eight ranked lightweight, but right. I want to know genuinely. This is one of the best divisions we think in the UFC. I want to know how good this division is. Right. I want to know from top to bottom, one through ten, is there really much between these guys? Because these guys are kind of fighting each other. And I know you got to find the right guy willing to do it, right? You know, there you have to find somebody like a Dustin or somebody in that top four or five that'd be willing to go back and fight number seven or eight. I just want to see it though. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I just looked at the rankings. They knocked Benil down to six. Yeah. They put Gaethje at three, Dustin at two. I think Benil's just going to be out for a while. Chandler at five. You have RDA right there. Yeah. Tony Ferguson is still nine. Connor's eight. That's a weird, weird rankings, man. I just saw Connor posted a video of him kicking a heavy bag with the leg today. Nice. It seemed like it was like his first. It was. It just made me like. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, ugh. It just. I mean, he did it. It looked. It looked good. I mean, right. I don't. It didn't seem like he was maybe fully committing to it. Maybe like completely turning it over. But he is kicking. Mm-hmm. So with that broken leg, right? So and that's like for somebody. Like if I kicked a heavy bag right now, I would Cry. probably not walk for like yeah. a day. It would hurt so bad. God, I just don't care about Conor McGregor anymore. <laughs> you don't care. You don't care about anything. Don't care. So um, now uh, Alex Perez was supposed to fight Askar Askarov. Mm-hmm. Askar f- dropped out for an injury, I believe. He's now slated to fight Andre Pantoja or Alexandre Pantoja at UFC 277. That's gonna a really be a good, good one. one. Yeah, really good one for that division. Um, last night, UFC making it official for Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards two headlining UFC 278 August 20th in Salt Lake City, Utah, baby. It's so yeah. weird to think they fought once already. Mm. Yeah, I it's glad to see that Usman it's Leon's is, last loss. Leon yeah. hasn't lost since then. And Usman, it's good to see that at least there's a, a better timetable on when he was going to recover from that hand because it seemed. What like was the date again? August twentieth, right okay. before my birthday. It's a little sooner than I thought. Yeah, so I must have had a good turnaround or some positive, yeah, stuff there. Um, <clears throat> then the last thing we got on the MMA side is MVP signing oh, up to yeah. fight Mike Perry, bare knuckle. It's a one-time thing in London. Yeah. So that's a. I'm just not crazy about it. I mean, good. Yeah. I mean, I I can appreciate the cross promotion or whatever, like Bellator allowing him to do that, but um, I just feel like you know, like I said, like we've seen like the Connor right when you completely focus on. And here's the thing: we've seen enough of these MMA guys go over to bare knuckle, and it's tough. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a completely different sport, man. It's different. It's not like MMA, and that's why a lot of these fighters, male and female, they struggle those first couple, right? Except because come at me, bro. Oh, uh, Julian Mar, um, not Julian Mark, Julian, uh, what's his name? I can't, I wanted to say Marcus. I didn't say that's why I, I said come at me, boy. Yeah, but I think he even, you know, I don't know if he won his first one either, no. but I'm just saying like, and so for like MVP, you know, to really go over and do that right against a guy like Mike Perry now, who's had a couple bare knuckle fights and has solely been training for it. Probably not going to look great. I mean, mm-hmm. he can't kick, you know, which no. is a big part of MVP's game. Right. So my thing is like for MVP, it's not like you're the best mixed martial artist right now. Like you could be spending that time working more on your jujitsu or your wrestling or some mm-hmm. of these holes that you've actually been exposed having in yeah. MMA. So now you're going to spend all this time devoting to bare knuckle or you're not going to train for bare knuckle. And then at that point, it's like, you're probably just going to go out and get teed up by Mike Perry. Right. Well, and it's like I told you too, he's probably in a weird position because Bellator's champion is in a war. Yeah. He just lost a, he just lost a split decision for the interim belt. But just keep working on mixed martial yeah. arts, man. It's not, it's not, like, yeah. it's not like, you, you know, 
I don't know. It just to me, I I'm just I think we've just seen enough of it that I'm just like I'm not really a big fan of these crossovers, man. For guys that are in their primes, if you're past your prime or heading out the door, like and Chris Lytle didn't look bad in his. Yeah, but if you want to go, yeah, but I mean, he's not fo- training right. for it, to be, compete at the highest level in the mixed martial arts either, mm-hmm. right? So it's just like if you want to do it, like I get it, but man, just if you're gonna keep competing in MMA, just keep doing MMA. Yeah. Well, and I also said I think it with Bellator doing this, maybe that opens up the PFL one time fight for Cyborg and Her- sure. Kayla Harrison. Like could. He, it's hard telling for that. Um, I do got a little bit of boxing news last night. Um, Daniel Du Bois, who's a really big heavyweight prospect, won by knockout. Can I say something? Go ahead. Have you seen the pictures of the crowd? No. There was maybe forty five people there. Could be it, but I'm gonna pull it up while you're talking and show. Brandon. So he he won the WBA regular title, which makes him the. Um, this is a heavyweight fight. Makes him this the mandatory. We're talking about boxing. This is the yeah. biggest sport in the world. It makes him the mandatory challenger for the winner of Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. Also last night, um, Edgar Berlanga, who was a, another prospect, he ended up winning with um, by decision. He tried to take a bite out of the guy's uh, ear, Tyson little, style. Little Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Um, Savage. What makes him interesting is he had like 16 knockouts in a row, like first round knockouts, his first 16 fights, and his last four have been decisions. So people are kind of trying to figure him out. Isn't that like a thing, though, in boxing? Like they always carry people and then they get okay. a little more difficult. I'm going to show Brandon this picture. Okay. And I just want you to say the first thing. This was right as the main event was kicking off. This promote, by the way, this is in Miami, promoted by Don King. Heavyweight title match. I said 45, maybe 145. That's the biggest sport in the world. That's during the fight? This is right before the main event. That's the biggest sport in the world right there. That wasn't the fight before the main event. No, this was before. This was at the main event. I mean, it might have been on the card. Huh? That, that wasn't the fight before the main event. No, no this, the is, main this event. is the main event. Oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is what the crowd looked like for a right. main event heavyweight boxing fight. And this Ugh. is the biggest sport in the world, John. There's not the biggest fighters, though. Ugh. I'm just saying. I'm but, just saying. Like, you don't see the biggest fighters on, like, a fight night, though. Yeah, no. and you would sell out 20,000, 15,000, 12,000 people. I don't know how well that was promoted. Just, just Don there's, King in there's, Miami. There's 150 boxing promoters. Don King in Miami. Just, I'm just saying. All right. Just the saying. In the last bit of boxing news, we have Jake Paul making it official. He's, he's going to Madison Square Garden with Amanda Serrano. That'll sell out. Uh, which Serrano did sell yeah. out against uh, Katie, Katie Ta- Taylor. Katie Taylor. Um, Jake Paul's opponent is still to be an, to be announced. So I want to know, Brandon, what's three people you think he could fight? Yeah, three potential opponents that you think uh, he definitely could fight Anderson. I, I don't know if he will. I, Real quick, I, do we know when he's announcing the opponent? No, okay. not that I know. Okay, um, I'll say Anderson. Isn't what's the big Tyson Fury? He's got a kid that boxes. Tommy right? Fury, his brother. Okay. Them because they've been supposed to box. Yeah. and then a third one. Oh, I don't know. Probably some like. Retired MMA fire, like maybe. See, I don't think it'd be Bisping because he's not going to get sanctioned with no. him. He's blind, and it's a pro fight, and mm-hmm. it's not, unless they're going to do an exhibition event, which with Amanda maybe, uh, Serrano on it, I'm guessing they're not. Maybe going a Diaz, maybe one of the Diaz brothers. You think? He could. They're still I, locked I think, into the I UFC, think, though. I think Silva and Tyson, and maybe Nick Diaz. I don't know about Nate. Um, but I feel like Silva and Tyson are your front runners. I, I agree. Yeah. I think those would be my two. I like I said the Bisping one is interesting. I could totally see that being it. But there's no way now that everybody knows about Bisping's eye that any commission is gonna sanction him to box. Um mm-hmm. how how mad are you, John, that Jake Paul's like the face of boxing? I mean, he's not, but I'm not <laughs> mad about it. Here's he, the thing, it he brings kind of is. Here's the thing, it brings eyes to boxing though. Let's pull so. up those uh streaming numbers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about streaming. Let's go to those streaming. No, those streaming numbers aren't very clear. Aren't very people people pirate his streams 
because they don't pay for him. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a reason he left Triller because Triller didn't want to pay him because they didn't make any money. Wasn't he just like the highest paid boxer last year or something like that? He or? made money. I'm saying the other people on the card. Sure. That's how um, boxing works, right? They just pay the top and then bankrupt themselves. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. No. That's why these promotions pop up and last for like a year. Yeah, mm. the, the small ones. But I think I, I wouldn't even be surprised if somebody like McVitor maybe comes into the picture. That's a good one. That would be a good But he never fights card. big guys, like no guys that are the yeah, same he size. Wouldn't, he wouldn't fight Vitor. Just because he's too big. But yeah, I think scary. that would be a better fight for him as far as if you're trying to make him Oh, a I think splash. Anderson's the best. No, I think it is the best, do. but I don't think he wants to box a boxer. Vitor kind of just went into Vander Holyfield and just prove that he was like 30 years younger and in shape yeah it's so. gonna be interesting i'm very interested to see who it who it's gonna be mm-hmm. what do you think i'll say do you think it's going to be okay instead of three opponents do you just one one word answer do you think it's gonna be mma fighter current or probably probably be retired mm. a boxer like a big name boxer or like just some boxing prospect that nobody's heard of like a legit like contender that, because I could I know that seems like the least logical answer, but I could also see him like let me go fight a five and zero boxer right. that people think's a legit like's been doing it his whole life, and let me go beat the shit out of this kid and show that I'm a legit five and zero boxer. So well, I could just see that aspect like just to prove a point. Mm-hmm. So well, this is going to be on Showtime too. This he signed a contract with Showtime pay per view. Yeah. for his fights. Now, so, so like like a Showtime prospect right. that's up and coming that's like five and zero to ten and zero maybe like he's just going to go prove a point that like he could hang with these young right guys. and i think for them i think for him and them to legitimize his run for this is i think he needs to stay into boxing yeah because at this point anderson is a retired mma fighter but he's a boxer he's gotten yeah he's, he's got a, more of a background and in he's it. been well he's been active yeah and he's fought a world champion yeah, so you know chavez jr fight was that's, yeah. that's a big win um for sure so for him i think that he needs to it needs to be a boxer but it could be Eric Bischoff. I don't know. This dude will just pull <laughs> off anybody. What was it? No, no, that wasn't. He wasn't no chance. That was Vince McMahon. What was Eric Bischoff's song? I can't remember. I can't remember either. But I could see it, Shane McMahon. I could just see it being somebody <laughs> random. Shane McMahon. Somebody. You know he does jujitsu. Yeah, he like does Muay Thai. Have you seen him do? He mm-hmm. actually. I've seen videos of him hitting like tie pads. He's actually not bad hitting pads either. Set up him and Wiz Khalifa on this card, dude. There you go. Uh, I got song of the week. I'm doing Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Nice. Do you guys want to karaoke that out? No. No? Mm-mm. Really? You can. No, I, I, mean, I mean, if I'm doing it, we're all three going to do it. Oh, no, I'll watch. There's also a little, like, with the dance with somebody, because Brandon, Jacob has made it very clear, if you don't do a TikTok dance here soon, he is unfollowing us forever. No, he said all of us have to do that dumb. Well, we told him it's got to be you. Well, here's the thing. We're, no, 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 no. You are not going to no, ex- yeah. like isolate me. Here's what no, we said. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> we're a group, right? So it's a group vote. We both voted you, yeah, you. two to one, so you lost. Because we told him all Brandon does now is just shows up. I will so. no yeah. call no show. <laughs> If you try to put that oh, on me, gosh, I will do it. If you both do it with me, oh uh, whatever, you would do it. John, what's your one for the people? My one for the people is uh, the boys season three. I'm really enjoying okay. it. Um, it's thought the, you were talking about me and Brandon, but okay. No, <laughs> the boys that was for last night. This is a different boys. Um, but yeah, it's a good show. It's it's definitely a little bit extra, real gory and uh, inappropriate, but I enjoy it. Brandon, uh, mine is. I, I guess this is kind of geared towards, I'll say, younger people. Okay. But I feel like we've gotten to a place in society where people don't want to have tough conversations for whatever mm. reason. So I want to push people again because that's kind of my thing, I guess. Have a conversation with somebody about something you may or may not agree with them with just to prove that you can have the conversation. Mm. Let's, get, let's get in. Not get mad. Get, I don't care if you want to get mad, but 
just work on being able to have a conversation about something that you may or may not dis- you know agree or disagree with mm-hmm. just to because that's where we come from and we should be able to do that without devolving into you know say violence or insults unfortunately i think social media has ruined that well fair enough <laughs> i but mean i mean i like the challenge the I'll, call put the, I'll put the the asterisk it has to be in person yeah that, that changes things it you does can, change things. you can say anything behind yeah. a phone or in a computer, person but in yeah. person you gotta feel jacob yeah i'm big face to face yeah <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with the consequences yeah. of that <laughs> uh i'm big I, I i'm big on the face to face i yesterday had to leave work early uh for my sister's graduation party and everybody's like, I was like, man, I haven't seen our supervisor. I need to ask him if I can leave. And everybody's like, just text him. Like, just text him and ask him. Here's his number. I'm like, I've got his number. I want to ask him face to face so I can look him in the eyes, man to man. It's easier to lie when you're face to face, right? You can't right. hide. Um, I ended up texting him. And he ended up. <laughs> he said yes. <laughs> he said yes. He did let me leave. Um, shout out to my supervisor. I'm not going to say his name, but he's awesome. So nice. he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I don't know. He might. That'd be funny. What if he like comes up and fist bump me like, hey, man, thanks for the shot. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> hey, man, you can go ahead and leave an hour early. Yeah. What? Gotcha, man. Appreciate gotcha. It. Uh, my one for the people, man. I just this morning, I'm just like super thankful for this sport of mixed martial arts, man. Um, I love the way that it brings me together with my friends. And uh, we just have a really good time, especially for these big pay-per-views. Um, I enjoy being able to talk about it um, and really thankful that, you know, we got some people that listen to it. And mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool because, like I said in the beginning, man, we are just fans like everybody else. Um, this is definitely like for fans, by fans to style, um, and we d- we definitely don't give biased picks, right, John? No, right. We stay, we, well, we, some we, of us don't. We we stay in the middle, right, John? Most oh, of yeah. us. <laughs> I mean, anybody can win any fight. We saw it last night. Th- Thirty seconds, twenty-eight seconds. I love it. Well, we will be back next Monday, uh, recapping this fight night and getting you set up for the next one. Until then, and Brandon, facts don't care about your feelings. It's coming. It's coming next week. Peace. Peace.